Watch the update required podcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST on YouTube. Yo, and we're live. Yo. Hey, what's what? up? It's the Fornitron. It's GA Retro still. <laughs> and still, I'm glad it's still. still. It's still me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're watching the update required podcast once again. I'll throw my pick out in the audience. There you oh, go. Oh, sick. Collectors How's it going, bro? Pack. I'm doing good today, man. Doing pretty good. Had a pretty chill day at the office for once. So feeling pretty relaxed. Got some sleep, which is not a thing that I do much. I was going to uh, say, so you, look, you look spry. more handsome than usual. I think it's just like your skin's got a glow to it. Oh, like, shucks. I think shucks. you just I got my beauty sleep. Yeah, I think you need to yeah. take care of yourself a little bit more and oh, still yeah. be J Retro and get some sleep. Uh, yo, before we got started, uh, Jay Retro and I were having a really good talk about streaming services just randomly. This isn't really part of the show, but I think it's an important topic to talk about. Um, how did it kick off? Oh, yeah, we we're talking about uh, Game Pass. Let's talk about the news article first with Spencer, right? Because I think that's how we got onto that topic. So, our first uh, news item of the day here, um, is that <laughs> it's there- like, and the link you sent me is just like so dumb because it's just like this big comic book uh from the website comicbook.com and it's like they're <laughs> they picked a graphic that has anything to do with the topic no like they about. like no. it's like no you're clearly on our web like and then i gotta watch this paramount plus uh they just want you to know that we got the news from comicbook.com which i found out is like owned by i think it's time warner or something okay it's kind of funny it's actually like big media that owns comicbook.com i was like how sly of you to pick this very like indie name for your website and then in the fine print it was like comicbook.com is part of giant news conglomerate and i was like oh okay um but anyway the point of this article is phil spencer uh what, broke gonna, like, his put silence video shit so they say on. yeah like and like, why are you showing me Horizon, which yeah, has nothing to do with the, this? Yeah, that's the video. <laughs> They've got the most anticipated games of 2022, which has literally nothing to do with the article. So Xbox Game Pass, uh, you know, one of the concerns many people have had with Game Pass for quite some time uh, and have been vocal about is the concern that eventually the price of this service will go up. You know, I've made numerous videos where I've made the point that I think Xbox Game Pass is hands down the best deal going in gaming today. I would still stand by that argument. And uh, yeah, one of, one of the things that, you know, either Game Pass detractors or just concerned Game Pass users have definitely brought forward over time is, hey, Phil, like, are you going to jack the price up the way you did with Netflix? Um, they mention here that not that long ago, you know, Microsoft did do this with uh, Xbox Gold, right, where they had doubled basically the price of Xbox Gold. And there was such a vicious fan backlash to that that they actually had to full on backtrack like the very next day and be like, sorry, false alarm. We're not doubling the price. Our bad. Um, and so, you know, will they eventually double the price or go up by five dollars or something this article makes the point that like yeah eventually everything will go up due to inflation and i do think that that is accurate i think it's inevitable um but you know i think spencer makes it pretty clear here that the best he can really tell you is that there are no current plans to do so and so whether or not you want to believe him on that of course Uh, is down to the individual and i think this uh particular journalist definitely didn't 
believe the words coming out of Phil Spencer's <laughs> mouth. He, because it, Phil was sort of like, what do I have to do to prove to you I'm not going to do it soon? And this guy was like, there's nothing you can do. You're going to do it, um, which I thought was a very interesting uh, standpoint for the journalists to take. Uh, but yeah, you know, like the wording he uses here, I think, is something like, you know, nothing in the current pipeline or something along those those words. And I mean, yeah, that's just business, right? Yeah. Like, I think he's a shrewd enough businessman to know that he can't get up on a pedestal and be like, we are never going to increase the price of the game. But it's just an unrealistic thing to ask. Yeah, you of can't the guy. say never in that kind of industry. I've got a highlight yeah. here. You're pretty much right on point. He said. That said, Xbox boss Phil Schiller or Phil Spencer suggests a price increase isn't in the pipeline at the moment. And mm -hmm. he's very, like you said, he's a CEO. He's very smart. He knows never to say never because if you like, if you pigeonhole yourself and say that you can, like, Xbox is going to be this price forever, like, yeah, yeah, you can't, like, that's that's unrealistic. You can't do that. No, it's insane. Like, it's, you know, we've seen this with everything and we will continue to see it with everything because that's just how the world works. And like inflation right now is really bad where we are in Canada. I'm sure it's probably not great in other parts of the it's world. It's bad as well. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's murder. There's a, there's good chance from everything I've heard and watched that we're, you know, possibly headed for another big recession anytime soon. And uh, yeah, I think inflation's a big part of that. The cost of living has gone up. Um, and so, yeah, it would be really unrealistic to say, hey, we're never going to increase the price of this service. Um, and that was kind of how we got onto the topic of the increases in other, you know, uh, comparable streaming services for other media like Netflix or here in uh, in Canada, we have Crave, which is sort of like uh, the HBO now of Canada because they have the rights to HBO and stuff like that here. Yeah. Um, but both those but services no, are about... <laughs> About 20 Canadian shekels a month now, um, which is pretty steep, right? They started out at, geez, Netflix was like $8 Canadian or $10 Canadian or something when I originally got on board, right? So it's definitely doubled in price or, or probably even more than that now. I think there still is that like super cheap tier, but like they made it super mm -hmm. limited. So it's in standard definition. It's not HD. And I think you're only allowed one, one person. One screen, right? Yeah, one yeah. stream at a time. Yeah, Whereas, that's what I remember when I was still subscribing that they had that option. And I was just like, yeah, but like, I guess that's fine if you're only going to ever watch it on your phone because 480p will still look kind of all right on your phone. But I don't want to watch something in 480p these days on my freaking, you know, 55 inch TV or something like it's it's going to look super washed out compared to any modern standard that we have. Yeah. Um, Again, <clears> sorry yeah. that this is in shekels, so not real yes. money. It's in Canadian. Um goulashes i don't monopoly know monopoly funds yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah there's still the basic ten dollar account and you're only allowed one screen at a time uh number of phones or tablets you can have downloads on is one unlimited yeah that's this uh, there's a oh, i keep forgetting there's games on netflix now that's just hilarious that's um, super weird i didn't even know yeah, that and no hd or ultra hd so yeah you're streaming yeah. In regular ass definition and like like jay retro just said like if you're watching on your phone and you're like a few like like a foot away you're i don't think you're gonna tell you're gonna be like all right this is the content that i'm watching but if you're watching yeah. it like even on like a computer monitor or like especially your tv like yeah it's not it's not gonna look that great yeah, hundred hundred percent. And I think, yeah, like Netflix has gone up, Crave has gone up similarly uh, over time, right? It's like thirty dollars for the full Crave experience if you pay for all the like bells and whistles because there's like optional add-ons. 
Um, and I think they're out of control. And I was personally arguing that if you live in, uh, you know, the great frozen north like we do, that I, I think right now the best bang for your buck that I've been able to find is I use Amazon Prime because I do order stuff from Amazon quite frequently. So the shipping alone basically pays for yeah. itself. Uh, and it's like eight bucks a month or something. It's stupid cheap. Uh, and then uh, Disney, actually, Disney Plus here in Canada is about $13 a month. But if you sign for a year, you can get that down to about 10. And I would argue that especially ever since Disney bought up like Fox and that star uh, super channel, that the content on that service has become arguably just as good if not better than anything else going on right because they have a lot of big name stuff on there that you wouldn't think of i think it's easy to still look at it and be like oh it's going to be all for kids or you know because it's disney um or or you know originally i think it was like kind of for families that had children and it was for big nerds like me who really love marvel and star wars because we knew that they had all that but over time like they've got the entire run of the Simpsons on here. Now they've got every diehard movie. They've got every yeah. alien movie. They have a bunch of seasons of American horror story. They had uh, American horror stories, which was actually like a star exclusive spinoff of American horror yeah. story that there's I national really Geographic enjoy. now too, if you're into that, like there's like, that's right. There's a ton of stuff. Yeah. So it's 12 bucks a month or $120 a year and, or uh, save over 15% with an annual subscription. So yeah yeah like and honestly when i think about it because the discussion that we were having before we started the podcast was like do i even want because jay richard said he got rid of his netflix subscription and when i think of it now i'm like how much netflix do i actually even watch like i barely ever watch it anymore i gave up my crave subscription forever ago i only i only got it for uh curb your enthusiasm and that's that's it and um yeah, that was really all I watched it for was Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah. And well, maybe... I've had this set up for a full year now, like the the Amazon and uh, Disney combo. Yeah, and then I was paying do, for do all it. of them yeah. for a while there, and I was like, me when I was in my last relationship, like between me me and the lady there, we had all four of them, right? So it was yeah. about when we split ways that I was like, all right, I'm a single income household. I can't pay for four <laughs> streaming services. Like I play video games all the fucking time anyways. Like who yeah. am I kidding? Like, you know, like I'm not, I read something the other day that said, uh, it was like some financial advisor guy giving tips on YouTube. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I watch stuff like that. And he was saying, if you don't use a subscription service 60% of the days, right, in a month, then you should cancel it. So if you're not using it six lot. out of every 10 days, you're alive. Cancel it. And I was like, by that logic, I should probably cancel either disney or, or amazon prime even now because i probably don't watch them that much now but disney keeps me hooked because i need the marvel content and i need the star wars content because i am a big nerd so like there's i just won't cancel that one and then amazon i just won't cancel because like i said it pays for itself with the shipping and everything so i yeah. think i will continue as until they do a price hike with those two services or something at some point which i'm sure will happen eventually too but in the meantime i definitely would say that's that's the bang for your buck deal right now in canadian streaming at least is to combine those two and the whole appeal like uh i remember when it was first out was this like like you had access to all of these movies that you just didn't have access mm-hmm. to like even with movie channels that were expensive at the time and then like tv shows got added but now with there being so much competition 
it's like back to the same old story that the problem there was with the cable companies. It's like now you've got all of these tiers that you subscribe to, but you can't just like pick and choose like the things that you actually mm-hmm. watch. And instead of like paying your like overly expensive cable bill per month, now you're paying like your overly expensive streaming services bill. Each 100%. Month. And yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, and until someone, I don't. I think it's just going to get worse. Like I don't think it's going to get better. I don't think there's going to oh, be no. one platform that'll have it all. There's just no way with all the licensing deals. So even two years ago or so, I read some articles saying like the fact that things had developed this way, where it has become because it's yeah, like you were right when you had cable, you had to like subscribe to all these different networks, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, now I have to subscribe to these extra twelve channels to get this one channel to watch this one show. That that I really like because I want to see the last season of the X-Files or whatever. So I guess I'm paying for this extra $20 package. And so it's the same thing again here where it's like, if you want all your favorite shows, you get tempted to subscribe to all these services. And this article I read even like two years ago was saying what it's pushing a lot of Canadians back to is piracy. Totally. People are torrenting stuff again. And for the first bunch of years with streaming, it was like torrenting was really on the downswing because they had made consuming the content legally very convenient and affordable. But as it exploded in cost and now people are like, like you said, I don't want to pay for five different streaming sites. Right. Especially so, when they're getting up there, yeah. like when they were like eight dollars or six bucks or like like under ten dollars, it was like, yeah, OK, like I could pay for a few and that's still only 15, 16 bucks. But now when yeah. one of them is 17 dollars before tax, like, yeah, you're paying 20 ish dollars a month per streaming service and then that shit adds up and then before you know it you're like dude i'm paying a hundred dollars a month for fucking streaming that i barely even watch like for me personally like when i think about netflix it's like what was the last thing that i watched on there that was really good and i Mm -hmm. can't even remember like i came to terms the other day that i was like i probably have to get rid of my ps plus subscription at some point like reasonably because i'm like i play the nintendo stuff so i'll keep paying for that one because i'm playing all of that and like i need my xbox one obviously and then that's where i actually play online with my friends right Mm -hmm. but with playstation plus i was like okay well after i finish like the final fantasy 7 remake i went and checked too so if you unsubscribe from playstation plus you don't lose all the games what happens is that you can't play them until you resubscribe yeah but they don't get rid of your library which i think is actually kind of a cool concept so then you're that's, just like, well, if they nice. announce some game that's coming that I actually care about, maybe I'll resubscribe that month or something. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I was in a position where I'm like, well, I don't need to pay for this service to get two more games a month because, frankly, I don't need two more games to play every month. The last I'm couple of months, the buried. games have just been not that great. And, and yeah, the quality of the games honestly hasn't been super, super intriguing lately. And on top of that, I was just like, well, I don't play online on my PS4 anymore. Like the only things that I still fire the PlayStation 4 up to play are like Miles Morales and Final Fantasy 7, which are single player experiences. Yeah. Right. So I was like, well, yeah, I can just actually go out and buy like physical copies of the few PS4 games that I still want to play offline. I'm not going to get rid of the PS4. But I was sort of like, what am I paying this monthly fee for? Like, I'm never going to play online on the system probably ever again. Like, I've moved on, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, like I think the financial advisor that you listen, that you watched mm-hmm. was pretty on the ball there. And then that's like advice that we could give out to any of our listeners right now is just like it. Like, 
I feel like the FOMO is real for a lot of people. They feel like they have to acquire every game as it launches or like if they have multiple systems, they feel like they should be subscribing to like every service they can. And you got to understand like the people that do this for a living or like are high up there usually get it for free or they get free codes or like they're partnered by some of the uh, like these big gaming companies. So they're, they're not, they're not paying for that shit either. And they're probably millionaires. So us plebs, like don't be dishing out all that money if you're not using it. Yeah, 100%. so I would find I, that's like, good advice. I think that's a good one. Like, like if you're if you haven't used it like six out of ten days, then I think it's time to let go. Like, what are you really missing? Like, that's really opened yeah. my eyes. Like, <clears throat> am I watching Netflix? I'm like, no. Most times I just put it on for background noise, and I'm like, dude, I could just put up a YouTube video for that, or just like whatever. That's yeah. one thing I might start paying for is YouTube Premium because. The ads do you dirty when they know that you're not paying attention or you're not going to hit next. Mm-hmm. Like they'll just play like the 30 minute like promo for something before your video starts. And you're just like, wow, you I are- had um, YouTube music for quite a while. Yeah. And it would at least do no ads on music related videos, which was a lot of what I watch on YouTube anyway, because mm-hmm. I watch a lot of concerts and stuff. And the first month that I switched to Amazon Music and then because they had like a trial for like four free months. And it was one of these things where I was like, well, yeah, if I can save for four months and then I could just go back to YouTube if I want to anyway. Um, So I was like, sure, I'll take your four free months. It was a Christmas time. I needed gift money. It was perfect. Uh, And then like that week I went on YouTube and I watched like a Slipknot concert or something. And the first time that a commercial played in the middle of a fucking concert and like mid song, right? Like it's not even like they pick good times for it. It's like freaking guitar players just about to hit a solo or something. And they're just like freaking League of Legends or something pops up on my goddamn screen, right? Freaking Clash of Clans. I was like, why Why <laughs> now? And it, I, I hadn't even remembered that that was the problem because it had been like years that I had had YouTube Music as my main uh, music service. And it was funny. Like, I was like, wow, this actually sucks. So I might go back to YouTube Music, even though Amazon is like, I think, $2 cheaper a month or something minuscule like that. But I was like, yeah, I think the $2 extra a month is probably worth it just because it was really nice not having commercials in the middle of a concert. Like, man, that's freaking annoying. I'm just I'm a like I'm a fanboy of Apple. So like I have Apple Music and it just like it comes. I got it for free with my new phone. So Mm -hmm. I just like and plus I'm always going to pay for Apple Music. But there's things I like the Amazon one, too, is the tough thing. Like because the freaking Amazon one, I find the uh, the quality of the audio is higher than like all the other ones I've tried. Like they have tons of stuff that's like in Adobe Atmos and like ultra HD quality and stuff. Yeah. Uh, they even have stuff in like 3D surround. So yeah, like I don't know. Amazon's got like the best audio quality out of any Apple of them. Apple just added but, that like, too. Like there's lossless audio, and then there's also that's good. <clears throat> but like I don't yeah. even I don't even have headphones right now that can do any of that. And like honestly, mm. the, the most like even when I like had a day job, like the times that I would listen to music was like in my car. So I'm just playing it through my car stereo. Or on my lunch break, which was like in my ear, my AirPods. And then that was yeah. pretty much it. So like, and then like I have, like you and I both have turntables and like 
sometimes I'll bust out a record and play them through my nice like stereo setup. But like that's also pretty rare as well. Yeah, I, I have the vinyl player in the bedroom and I don't bust it out super often. But like I do use my uh, streaming services on like my actual stereo in the living room and yeah. like my Dre Beats headphones and stuff. So they, they, they get some good listening in for sure. Yeah, let's get back to gaming, though. I think we've I think we've <laughs> buried the how much should you pay for streaming services conversation for today? Yeah, well, that and like also like the game pass thing. I just want to touch on that. Oh, right. Real, right. real quick is like <laughs> right. uh I like we all know I made a video about that like 10 like it was like almost a year ago now and I got yeah. shit on it for it thoroughly and the point that I was making that a lot of people like bid at me for was I was trying to say how much like exactly this conversation how much is it worth it for you until it stops being worth it and then for mm-hmm. the people when you get to that price threshold so like Netflix is getting to $17 and I'm already like all right I'm out so when all you have is Game Pass and you've never purchased a game before and like your entire library is Game Pass, how far does that subscription service go until you feel the same way? And it's like, mm-hmm. that's that's the question that I was posing. Would you pay $20 a month for it? Would you pay 25 etc.? We all know, yeah. like, there's no plans on it going up right now, but it will go up. And it's like, that was all yeah. I was posing. A lot of people are like... Well, I think it's always, like, relative, right? Like, on the one hand, yeah, one day Game Pass might be $25, but, like, it's also, like, $9 for me to get two McDoubles and a coffee now. And like, you know, so it's just that's that's just everything like yeah. it's what when Game Pass is that price, it will be compared to all the other services in my life that have also gone up by that amount. And like, hopefully I'll also have my wages go up, you know, a comparable amount because that's how life back should in my work. Day, McDouble was two dollars <laughs> yeah, back in my day. It wasn't called a value menu, kids. It was called a dollar menu. Yeah, a dollar menu. <laughs> they can't call it that anymore. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's just, it's relative to the times. We all know, like, it'll eventually happen, but to each their own. Whatever is your threshold before you say, like, I'm out, that's up to you. Uh, Let's move on to our next topic, which is Assassin's Creed Valhalla patch Mm. 1.0.5 out now adds difficulty tuning stealth fixes. Uh, I never played uh, Valhalla, didn't you? You got it when it came out. I have played about 50 hours of Valhalla, according to my save file as of the other day. And I hadn't even realized that because I (laughs) bought it when it came out. And I always like I come back to it. I get really heavy into it for three days. Then I forget it exists for a month. Um, So I've just done that with it numerous times. And I was like, oh, I wonder how much of this game I have played because I was like, um you you start going to new territories on the map and i like went to the map board to go to the next territory and i was like shit i think i only have two left after this one like i was like (laughs) i'm almost conquered like all of england like i guess i must be pretty deep into this game and i'm like oh shit 50 hours eh um yeah i really need to go back and fight that freaking boss who's like in valhalla that i got so mad at and I realized I was just trying to fight him when I was really under level. <laughs> so maybe this difficulty tuning will be to your benefit. Some of it might be. I had to redo some of my skill tree a little bit because of it, I think. Um, oh, no, wait. 
no, that was the cyberpunk update that made me redo my skill tree. I don't think Assassin's Creed Valhalla did. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested to play some of it. I'm also interested as to what the right patch number is because this article called it both the 1.050 patch and the 1.5 patch at different points during this article. I thought it was actually just like the 1.5.0 patch as it says lower down there. Yeah. I thought that's what the name of the actual patch was. Um, because I remember when I first saw an article about it and I was like, oh, 1.5, just like Cyberpunk. But <laughs> everybody kind of knew Cyberpunk was going to get this massive patch eventually. Whereas I wasn't expecting this giant overhaul to Valhalla. Like, it's already a Series XS optimized game. So it's not like it's a next-gen patch. But what I found interesting is I read this article like in heavy detail today, I think on my lunch break. And I read every single one of these bug fixes, and yeah. there is a shit ton of bug fixes, which left me with like a few thoughts. Like on the one hand, I was like, wow, what a great patch for them to release that fixes so many things. But then I immediately thought, why are so many things still wrong with your goddamn game a year after it released? Yeah, like that's insane. The game's been out a year. Yeah, like I think I think it is the 1.5.0 patch. I don't think it's mm-hmm. like that makes more sense for it to include so many bug fixes and things like that. Yes. So I think as like again these games get bigger and they're not like people forget the scale of these games. Like I bet you this game costed a cool 200 mil to fucking make. Like I bet oh, you 100%. Yeah, like Let's find out how much the development cost was for it. But the point that I'm making is these games are massive and it's not just like one team of people that make them like way back in our day. Like it was like a group of like five to 10 people who made an entire game and they probably all sat in the same bullpen and they're like really collaborating with each other. Now, like they're separate departments. They outsource work to other people. So like how much collaboration can there be? It's like, it's like coming together on a group project, but like you're working with like 10 other groups and they're off doing their own thing. And then you kind of like don't talk until the end. And you're like, okay, did you do your part? And they're like, yeah, but we decided to go this route with it. And you're like, that wasn't part of the project. <laughs> but you're like, <laughs> sweet. I want to like, I want to say this into, I'm going to move this screen because I don't want you watching while I'm looking at that stupid development cost. But um, I want to bring it up into my playthrough of Ghost of Tsushima. So, okay. Ghost of Tsushima. Again, this is where I cut, like, where I separate myself from a lot of like the Sony ponies because I'm a big Sony fan. But like, I'm not gonna outright like say every single game is a fucking masterpiece when I don't think it is. So I played Ghost of Tsushima because so many people renowned it as being like the most amazing game ever, and I played it. And I know I'm a snob, and so take that as as you may and then i play it and there are a lot of problems there's a lot of weird glitches in that game uh there's really terrible hitboxes with the bosses which i think is bullshit like your tracking is like it's fair but the bosses like the tracking on their hits to you is so unreasonable like you'll be like away from the boss and you'll have like objects in front of you and the boss will like or like even enemy characters will clip through the geometry of the items in front of you and fucking hit you and you're just like 
how is that fair? You're like, that's still like, that's bullshit. And there was plenty of times where like, I'm just trying to traverse and platform and I would like jump onto a ledge and then my character would glitch and just float for a few seconds before the game, like force restarts me at my spawn point. There was a lot of that. And then they had a grapple mechanic and I felt like the grapple mechanic was like half baked. Like they were like, this game needs a grapple mechanic. That's the new hot thing right now. And they're like, sure, we'll put it in there. And like, there's this part where it explains the grapple mechanic to you and you use it a couple of times and then it's nowhere to be seen in the rest of the game, except for like a few small parts. And you're like, why did you put that in there? Like if you, like, if you're only going to have it for that part. And that's just what I like. That's what I mean. It's like, I feel like a lot of these big blockbuster games are just so massive and they outsource a lot of these mechanics or different parts of the game to separate departments. And it's so hard to be cohesive and consistent across the entire game. And that's what I think a lot of us are experiencing. Well, yeah, I think that it's like, this will segue pretty well into another topic that we have lined up here. I think uh, with horizon, right? Bro, because check this out. Five hundred million dollars for Valhalla. I buy it. It's yeah. a massive game, and it's it's crazy the size of of the world that they've built there. Or two worlds because they have the giant map for England, and then the freaking giant map for Valhalla that you can go to as well. Um, yeah, it's crazy the detail in that world, and like yeah, games that size, right? Like it's Witcher three level of map kind of going on here um yeah it doesn't it doesn't shock me that it costs that much money to develop but i think this touches on this question of like we see this with cyberpunk where it got super skewered we've seen this with valhalla where it had all these bugs we saw this with call of duty black ops crashing everybody's xboxes and now the latest game to be hung out to dry seems to be horizon forbidden west the latest massive release for the ps5 and ps4 of course because everything seems to still be cross-gen while the shortage continues Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's interesting you know there's a much to do here about yeah some hdr some shimmering some popping problems uh and to me like i don't know uh compared to some of the stuff that we're hearing with all these other games that have had massive problems at launch like i don't know am i crazy in saying that like this didn't seem like as big of a deal because it didn't seem like there was a lot of game breaking glitches so much as just that it didn't look as good as it should no like i think i think you're right on the money there and like somebody like please give j retro a lot of credit for like saying that as somebody who is a big fan of xbox like he didn't jump on the train and be like look how shit your game is playstation like and again coming from me like this is not a game that i'll play because it's just not my type of game so i don't want to ruin anyone else's experience with it i think to be personally honest, it's a tremendous achievement how they were able to get it to run at 30, 30 FPS, like as normal on PS4. And it still looks amazing on PS4. So kudos to Guerrilla Games. But yeah, like HDR, just like the the notch being turned up a little bit too high and like causing a little bit of like weird artifacts on your PS5. I'm not concerned about that. And then plus, that's people playing it in uh, the <clears throat> resolution mode. And it's like, right. that, like how many people are playing in resolution mode versus performance mode? Like, per, like I think we both said a hundred times, like, r- like performance is where it's at. Like frame rate is where it's at. Like even for like the ray tracing or like, in, like improved shadows or reflections, it's like 
that shit is just like it's cool for like 13 seconds and then you're just like okay i'm gonna switch it back to performance mode now <laughs> like, yeah i literally just watched a video this week on yeah. pc gaming hardware with one of my favorite YouTubers that does PC content, Dawood does tech stuff. Shout out to Dawood. I believe he's from Vancouver because he's always also talking in Canadian rubles. And he says he mm. lives close to Seattle. So I think he's in our neck of the woods. And he does PC content. And he had this one video where he was taking, uh, it was like the lowest level graphics card you can get that is capable of ray tracing. And then he compared the performance with and without ray tracing. Yeah. And basically the argument at the end of the video is he was like yeah so for the negligible difference in graphics like for you to be like oh i guess the lighting effects on that gun look kind of cooler from the muzzle flash yeah. you lose like a significant cut in frames per second uh and he was basically at the end of the video was like so in conclusion uh more than a year since ray tracing got invented this technology is still dumb yeah. Like no one asked for this and it's not good enough yet. And like, it might be cool in the future. Um, but the majority of PC gaming enthusiasts would tell you the same thing that you should be prioritizing frames per second over ray tracing, like a hundred percent of the time. And yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see the big deal here where it's like, those are the sorts of issues this game is having. Like you said, right. How many people are even playing in that like 4k ray tracing mode? Yeah. And if you are, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, gonna, like, I'm just gonna come right out and say it. You're doing it wrong. You're experiencing the next generation of gaming wrong. If yeah. You're not playing in performance. <laughs> you're done. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're done. You're done. Um, Give your PS5 to your little cousin. You're done. And I get like that's an experience, like a full fidelity, like as like max, like whatever that you can go. Yeah. But on a PS5, like I guess that is the only way to play Horizon Forbidden West. But again, like I just I don't think you're on the right platform for that type of gaming. Like mm. they're like the game looks amazing, but it also looks amazing in performance mode. So I just I don't understand. And I would argue that even on PC hardware, that all of these games will still look brilliant yes. with ray tracing turned off. Because as I've argued in the past, like we spent decades perfecting all of these other lighting techniques. Yeah. To the point where we got really good at faking like realistic reflections. And so although ray tracing is technically like a more real way for the lighting to work yeah. that is just such a new algorithm and such a new technique that like the results between the two like i said to the human eye they're barely freaking noticeable most of the time totally honestly like, especially when you're doing stuff and you're moving around oh, in the game like absolutely. in the middle of action somebody showed like it was like a screen it was like two screenshots of cyberpunk one with ray tracing and one without and then i was just like that's the same game twice. Like I just, I can't, I can't distinguish the difference. Honestly. And I don't think most people can, and especially like at a few feet away or even two feet away. Like you would just, if you looked at two screens, one had ray tracing on one and the other, you just be like, that's the same game twice. And when but if I you went were like, into this knowing less, like when I bought the series X, yeah. I originally like ray tracing was the buzzword. 
right? And so there was all this talk about 4K ray tracing and high frame rates. And then I think a lot of people got misled into thinking that you would get both at the same time. So then I remember when I first found out that it was like, okay, like you can play this game, uh, you know, like Call of Duty, you can play it in a higher frame rate or you can play it with ray tracing. And I went to turn it off for the first time. I had like prepared myself for this noticeable drop in visuals, right? Like I really thought it was going to be like going from 1080p to 480p or something. Or it's shit. just like potato. Was... And you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is a fast potato, but it's a potato yeah. now. Yeah. But no, like I, I did the switch. I changed the settings. I go through and I play a level that I've already played before. And I remember just being like, this is the same shit. <laughs> Like, this, is, this, is, this, is, this looks the same. Hey, this looks exactly the same. This is the same shit, ma. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, the lighting, the difference is barely freaking noticeable at all. Like you said, if I took still shots, I could maybe notice it. Yeah. But while you're playing through this level, you're not going to freaking notice that. But I did notice the huge leap in frames per second. Totally. Like, I definitely noticed how much smoother the gameplay was now. And yeah, I just think the, the benefits aren't there. It's not even really there with a super expensive, like $5,000 gaming pc let alone with your series x or your ps5 you know where i do performance mode enjoy the the frame rate i agree you know where i do think ray tracing belongs and i think it's like it's like this new fad or it's like a new thing that's getting popular and it's like in every game now photo mode like have it have it enabled in photo mode and that's it because like you're just you're looking at a still frame yeah turn on ray tracing for that still frame so i can snap my picture and upload it to my fucking twitter feed through ps share or xbox share or whatever like i'm I'm grinning right now because this is literally what dawid said in that video at the end as well he was like my advice would be if you have this card or even if you have a better card and a more expensive pc turn ray tracing on when you want to share some shots to social media yeah and you want to share some stills and you want to be like look how powerful my rig is and then when you sit down to actually play your video games you put it back on performance. yeah you turn all that shit off and you play yeah. at the highest frame rate you possibly can yeah 100%. like i want to put it aside right now and i want to say i'm happy for everyone that's playing the game that they've been waiting for this month there's a lot of great new games coming out this month but Absolutely. please stop sharing your bullshit screenshots on twitter like curate your content a little bit okay like i don't want to see some like no context fucking screenshot that means nothing to me it's not even like awesome gameplay or like a rad moment it's just like the game at like a dumb point it's just like I don't want to see that. I just want to mention that the only screenshots that I ever upload, whether it's to Twitter or just to even just to the Xbox network and save it to my Xbox profile, are always bar bar none accidental because I bump that freaking button <laughs> when I'm doing other shit. And so I'll go to like hit right on the D-pad or something yeah. and I'll bump the share button in the middle and then it'll be like screenshot saved. And I'm like, God damn it, because it automatically uploads it to the network. Yeah, I like, think you I've don't noticed even get that. A, yeah, I'm sure I can turn that setting off somewhere, yeah. but I have it on. And so then it's like, this, and it's just like I'm like, man, my, my Xbox network is probably filled with just the dumbest screenshots. You should look through just, them. Just like a loading screen in NHL, yeah. like just random shit like that. People are like, why is he sharing? This isn't even an interesting moment of the game. And, and it's I'm like, like, yeah, is this art? Like, what am I looking at? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's conceptual art. Yeah. yeah.
I like to share out of context, low excitement moments in gaming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I'm just going against the grain and like <laughs> so I'm doing my own thing. No, I'm making an artistic statement about load times. Is let's, what I'm doing. let's get into this next thing. So I'm, I'm happy to rub this in your face, J Retro. I made a tweet about this and I was like, fuck you and your timer font rent, J Retro. Because <laughs> ah. Capcom announces Street Fighter 6. Like, you had me convinced. It's like, that looks like Ret RE, like more RE. I was convinced it was, right? Yeah. But like, I, I laughed out loud when I read this article as well because like, I did mention that the, the one thing that could have you lean in the opposite direction was that the timer seemed, according to this one leaker, to be set to end at exactly the end of the Street Fighter tournament they were having. And what happened at exactly the end of the final fight at the Capcom Pro Tournament, they unveiled Street Fighter What's 6. So it was funny, Street Fighter. Because I watched that stream. I was like, okay, well, I, I want to get this news. And so I, I waited for the countdown, and I was watching a Twitch streamer, Maximilian Dude. He's huge on Twitch. Uh, 1.5. I think he just passed a million followers on Twitch. and He's got like 1.5 million subs on YouTube. Uh, respect, he's, respect. And he's like a mad fighting game uh, channel. Uh, sure. And they had to delay the announcement because like the final match, the dude like pulls out a fucking like G win and like and like gets to like a third round in, in the fight. And so like he like delayed the announcement. So we had to wait for like them to like stop or like finish their match. And it's like, OK, like. We can't be mad. Like that dude came back from like almost an L and then <laughs> just pulls yeah, off. Yeah, man. Good for him. That's yeah, sick. Pulls off some mad moves in Street Fighter 5. But yeah, like it it was Street Fighter 6. And I don't know. I haven't played a Street Fighter game in 20 years, ever since it was on the Super Nintendo. So, but all of the people that are into fighting games seem really pumped. And then also they announced. All of those um, classic Capcom games that are going to be bundled yes, into one Capcom collection, and then also have—I want to hear your thoughts on that because you're really into those uh, types of games. And then they also have net features now, which is—I think that's really cool. Yeah. That I'm excited for because at first I was like, oh, it's got Street Fighter 2, but I mean, like, freaking everybody has Street Fighter 2 somewhere already. It's on Switch Online. So, mm. you know, I pay for Switch Online. So I was like, well, I already, and I have it on the Super Nintendo Classic as well. So I was like, well, I have Street Fighter 2 a bunch of places. I do like that it has Super Puzzle Fighter 2. I'm actually a big fan of Puzzle Fighter. Uh, Darkstalkers, both on there. I know a lot of people are big fans of those. So, it, you know, I'm excited about it though, for sure, because of the net features. And I think that's, suddenly become yeah. super intriguing as I'm like, yeah, I want to play Street Fighter 2 against people online for sure. Um, I don't think the Switch Online version has online play, but it might because I do know some Switch Online games do have online play and I haven't I haven't really tested it. So I should maybe look into that because uh, that might be the deciding factor, I guess, for me and whether I buy that collection. Um, but I'll have to look at some of the other like there's a few lesser known Capcom fighters in there as well that I'll have to kind of look up and be like, maybe there's some hidden gems in this one because it's got about 10 games in it. So I'm, I'm not fluent in Capcom games. So if anyone listening uh knows better than us please comment below on the video but yeah absolutely um, I'd love to i feel hear like from some somebody. of those games that were a part of that bundle were like maybe they were japan only or they weren't in north mm, they weren't north american like first releases. first american official release or some of them i can see that for sure we see that 
more and more like with both those mini consoles as well as these classic collections right like when i got the astro city mini like a huge selling point of that was that it had the you know, the first official home release of the arcade version of virtual fighter the official uh first release of golden axe 2 um so yeah we're seeing that a lot more where they're taking these games that were only ever maybe in the arcade or in japan and like finally releasing them to to play at home which is really cool um so i think that i'm going to definitely distance myself here from maybe some of our our fan base who is excited about street fighter 6 when i say i watched this teaser trailer here and Mm -hmm. and admittedly it's 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 40 seconds 30 or 40 seconds it's definitely a teaser trailer so we see almost nothing we see ryu we see someone that might be ken i'm not i'm not even sure he had usa gloves which justly made me think of ken if he's ken he's a very stylized ken no it was some um, other character i can't remember okay. what their name and was. that's what i was thinking i was like is that one of the guys from alpha or whatever probably so i i don't know but they've gone for it's the article talked about this too that it's a more of a photo realistic look or at least as photo realistic as you can get while still having like the dimensions that street fighter has always had which are quite exaggerated uh i don't like it I flat out don't like it. I like the look of Street Fighter 4 and 5 mm. in that it still retains the kind of cartooniness of Street Fighter. It's one thing to make it modernized, HD, 3D, whatever. Um, but yeah, to me, I just I don't I don't want photorealistic Street Fighter. That's never something I wanted from Street Fighter. I don't know. I I don't know if that's just like I'm old and I as, will always associate Street Fighter with Street Fighter 2 on the Super Nintendo, but it's like you've moved far away from that now that now it doesn't tickle the nostalgia bone for mm. me. Like, I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, the thing about this trailer just didn't sit right with me. Yeah, like... The consensus that I that I saw is like a lot of people. I think it's it's pretty mixed. Like there's the people polarizing, yeah, that are just like, yeah, I like the way that it's always looked. It should have been kept that way. And then there's people who are like, yeah, I'm down to see it in this kind of like, kind of going in the direction of like a Mortal Kombat game where they're trying to make it a little bit more realistic, but still kind of cartoony at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, I don't know. They're trying and- something new. Like, I wonder whether that was an influence because Mortal Kombat 10 and 11, I think 9, 10, and 11 have all been smash successes, right? Yeah. So I wonder whether those newer Mortal Kombat games doing so well had an influence because I agree, kind of more Mortal Kombat esque was what I thought when I saw yeah. it too. And like, I don't know, kudos to them for trying something new. Like, they could have played it safe and then just like kept it the same look. And then I'm sure a lot of people would have been happy about that, but I'm sure a lot of people have been like, meh. Like there's like yeah, there's a lot of games out there like that. Um, we'll have to see when it comes out. Like if they like it was just like more and more coming mm-hmm. soon in the summer. So is it really early in development or is it just in pre-production right now? Is this all they have made? Is this like this one little teaser trailer? We, we know next to nothing, right? Like I thought it was funny the way the article framed it. They were like, so Street Fighter Six exists, and that's pretty much all we know right now. Exactly, we know that it exists. Um, and we know that according to this 30 seconds of imagery that we see that they've gone in this more of a, a realistic direction with the graphics says nothing, of course, about what gameplay will be like. I think Street Fighter five, uh, like it had a really rocky start, but they eventually patched it a bunch and it ended up being very well received in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're definitely they have to follow that up. And I know the newer Street Fighter games have gone for sort of like 3D graphics, but 
it's still more of a 2D plane yeah. gameplay, right? Which is good. I'm glad they at least kept that. So who knows, right? Like whether this will be a full 3D fighter, I would doubt it heavily. Like, I, I think, think they, they're smart enough to keep it on that 2D plane. I agree. Like I think 3D fighters, like where you like went around the whole arena or like, I don't know, and just went a lot in the 3D space. I think those kind of died in like the early 2000s. Like they kind of died mm. in, in like the 2010s. Because I still love them. Like I, I like that style of fighter. Like I was a big fan of Tekken and Dead or Alive and like all those games. Yeah. Um. So I hope, I hope they haven't entirely died. There's probably, but at the that, same time, I don't want every fighter to be like that. I think right? there's always gonna be those the games that like fill that niche. Like they're like we we always did it this way, so like we're just gonna keep doing it this way. But like yeah. I remember like Mortal Kombat Deception or like a lot like even Mortal Kombat yes. Four. Like Mortal Kombat Four was hilarious because it was like the first one to like do it like that and then it was new it was like deadly it, alliance or something too there was a couple was a of those t- where was it was on on like ps2 right where it was uh, 3d and you had weapons you could like put sub-zero had like an ice sword yeah there was a ton of shit. i feel like that's when i lost out on like the fighting games was like in that mm. era and like there was that i feel like from memory there was a ton of throwaway mortal combats like back in the day like before mm. nine like they're like a but like a ton of those games were just well because mortal Kombat did the same thing street fighter did which was that they realized the solution was to have 3d graphics but continue a 2d gameplay style yeah and so i think really at the end of the day my argument would be like there's nothing wrong with either one like 2d fighters are rad and 3d fighters are rad but like stick to one formula yeah so if your game became famous as a great 2d fighter don't try to force it into 3d which is and i think that was just a a, like a a, something that happened a lot in that era i guess is what i'm trying to say is that they, they we had discovered 3D graphics and everything had to be 3D. Mario 64, Donkey Kong 64, you know, Zelda Ocarina of Time. Like everything was about how do I take this classic thing and do it in 3D now? And I think the gaming industry just thought that's where everything had to go. It didn't occur to them yet that some games could always be 2D and that would be cool. Exactly. And now we see that a lot. And I know that like you've had some negative things to say in the past about like how so many indie games still carry that kind of 16-bit era uh style of graphics but like personally as somebody that is a big fan of retro games that's been something i've really appreciated about sort of the i think it was mainly like the last generation like the ps4 era is kind of when that finally got solidified that it was like that style of graphics like i remember like when shovel knight really took off or yeah. whatever and it's like yeah you can still make games like this that are really good and they can have a big following too. And like, yeah, you can have old style graphics. You can have new style graphics. People just care less now. And it's more just about making an enjoyable experience, which I think is what it should yeah, be. Yeah. Right? Like there's, there's, I think like the main point that we're bringing up here is that there's always a right way and a wrong way to do things. And I feel like in those early days, Nintendo 64, we figured out, Hey, some, some shit doesn't age well it's just like it's mm-hmm. like yeah it's like sure we got that game in 3d but man was it dog shit and then yeah, yeah and then uh, later <clears throat> on and because i think it was like 2011 when mortal kombat 9 came out and it was like this is cool it's like this is all the things that i wanted back yeah. it feels the way that it should feel but it also looks modern and 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't really speak to it because I kind of fell out of the fighting game scene. Like I used like that's what I grew up with. Like Mortal Kombat was like my first game. And I was yeah. obsessed all the way up to like Mortal Kombat trilogy. And then after that, like, I don't know. I just kind of f- fell off the wayside. And then nine was really cool. And I played a lot of nine mm-hmm. and then playing it online quickly figuring out that, oh, there's I suck at this game. Like, no matter how good I am against all my roommates or friends, I am garbage at this game compared to people who play it online. And then that kind of, I was just like, I'm not even going to try that ever again. The only experience I've ever had where that didn't happen to me was a really odd one was a couple months back. They gave us Virtua Fighter 5 for free on PS Plus. And so I played through some of it single player and I was just wrecking people. And I was like, oh, I wonder what would happen if I went online. Like, and I was fully expecting that, that I was about to just get like completely trounced by the online competition and find out that I wasn't actually any good at Virtua Fighter. Yeah. And instead, I found out that I'm pretty fucking good at Virtua Fighter. That's like, pretty dope. I, I punked I a bunch of people at Virtua Fighter. Felt pretty good. It's the only time I've ever done okay in a fighting game online. That's that dope. Pretty neat. Like Mortal Kombat, man. I don't know. Like, I went online and I was like wrecked. And I was just like, Maybe I was just like a really good person. And then I like I played like at least 10 rounds and I just like probably didn't even get a single hit off. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, This is a hobby that I will play offline from now on. Yeah, forever. Um, I had that experience with Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U when I originally had Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U where I played it like, uh, you know, against all my friends and whatnot. And like my girlfriend at the time, it just destroyed everybody. And then I went online and I was like, oh, I just get seventh place in a lot of races. And I'm used to like only getting firsts. And this is painful. So, yeah, if you think you're really great at Mario Kart, go play those autistic kids online. You know what that actually brings will destroy me you. to uh, a new point that I'm surprised we didn't even talk about is Nintendo did announce that they're shutting down the Wii U and Nintendo 3DS eShops. That's very true. It's interesting that I didn't add that to the agenda, considering how much talk there's been of that. And I've watched a number of videos and stuff on this recently. How do you feel about this, Jimmy? Um, you know me. Like, I'm always just like, yeah, if I could close it. Like, <laughs> like I'm, all about, I'm, all about, I'm all about the new shit. I don't give a shit about that old shit. But, like, yeah. the Some Wii U, though. But the 3DS was the one that really shocked me, because that's a, that's a hu- huge console for like a lot massive install base yeah Yeah, still to this day that was that arguably is like i think the switch uh just passed it i think yeah but like the 3ds had up till that point i think it was technically the best selling console ever because there were so many iterations like if you included all versions of the DS, I should correct myself, because there was like the DS, the DS Lite, the 2DS, the 3DS, the 3DS Excel, the new 3DS Excel, new 2DS Excel. It got ridiculous how many DS systems there were. But I think if you combined uh, all of the DSs, that it was technically the best selling console, because I remember at a time when the Wii U was failing and someone was like, well, yeah, like Nintendo's in like last place because like xbox and sony are outselling them with the ps4 and the xbox one and someone was like no man like the ds is technically killing it though it outsells like everything and i I didn't think of that because i don't do a lot of handheld gaming 
Totally. So I'm just looking yeah. at prices of a 3DS or 2D. I was like, can you even buy those still? And they mm-hmm. all, like, I don't think you can because they look a little overpriced or like they look a little high. That's definitely you. overpriced for $450. Yeah. I can't remember what it was new, but I remember when that system came out, I almost bought it. The 2DS XL black and turquoise one it was showing there for $450 uh because i had a normal 2ds and yeah. i did like the idea of the bigger screen and everything and they did this dick thing where you had to get the 2ds excel you had to get either the new 2ds excel or the new 3ds excel to play super nintendo games that's on weird. the e-store right yeah. there was no reason that those other ds's couldn't have run super nintendo games no like that was ridiculous and they released some games where they were like oh yeah like this new xenoblade only runs on the new system and i was like yeah that you can justify because the new system might be that little bit more powerful that it can handle this new game but you can't tell me that you needed a little bit more processing power to handle super nintendo yeah like get off it i so that was clearly a price gouge that's definitely and we talk about it a bunch. I think that's definitely like a Nintendo thing is that I don't think they're really interested in like backwards compatibility or like taking care of their backlog. I think they're just like, no, we're done with that shit. Like we're like, we're moving on. Like, and they've always kind of been that way. Like when the GameCube came out, like you obviously can't play any of your 64 games on your GameCube. Yeah. And then yeah like when the week came, to well, be fair like sony made a similar argument at the beginning of this generation where now we're seeing all of these games get released on the ps4 as well like we talked about how amazing it is horizons running so well but sony's original attitude because xbox came out very early and was like hey like for at least the first year everything should still run on your xbox was one it two years I think they I think they said it uh, like, yeah, probably like for the first year or two. I, I yeah, can't yeah. remember exactly. But then Sony's reply was like pretty much the exact opposite. And they made this statement where they were like, we've always been a firm believer in console generations. And yeah. that like when a new one starts, the old one ends. And we're going to be focusing on developing sick games that only run on PS5. And then the chip shortage really put them in a vice with that one where they pretty much had to backtrack right? because it's you had to keep selling stuff to this massive ps4 install base you have that can't get your new toy i think if the chip shortage wasn't a thing uh there would be no cross compatible there like horizon forbidden west would be a ps5 exclusive same with god ragnarok they would yeah they would have like dumped miles morales too right because it was a ps5 exclusive and then they released a ps4 version a few months later yeah and i think that was exactly that is it was you know two or three months into the generation they were like shit like we're not selling as many Miles Morales copies as we thought because we can't sell as many PS5s yeah, as we want. Yeah, it's like, uh, we're out of chips. What do you mean we're out of chips? Like, for this week? Nah, dude. For, like, the rest of the year. Fuck. What are we going to do? And then they turn, they, they, they turn around and there's just this massive stack of PS5 copies of Miles Morales. Yeah, and they're, like, they're just well, like, what the fuck do we do with all of these? Well, Gerald, like, why didn't you tell us earlier? And he's just like, ah, I, I didn't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to carry the one. Yeah, I forgot to carry the one. No, like, Oops. I, I 100% agree. Like, I was like, and I was like, yeah, PlayStation is going to dump the PS4 like a fat ex girlfriend. Like, they're just going to be like, nope, we're good. You're done. Like, we're on the PS5 now. <laughs> You're done. You're done. I'm on the PS5 now. Um, and this, this changed the thing, but like, when I think back to Nintendo, they've also just never been about like, 
oh yeah, we care about all your previous purchases or that you've bought no. Super Nintendo games. Six what Nintendo times. cares about is selling you those same games another hundred times. Right? Exactly. So people are like, well, you shut down the eShops and they're like, well, of course we did because we just came out with Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, right? Like they just want you to pay the, the money for that subscription service. And I will still argue that for the like, five dollars a month or whatever it costs for the nintendo with the expansion pack that it is still arguably one of like the best deals going on it's especially if you're gonna play those old games if you like old games and you want to play those old systems it's a phenomenal deal uh but you know you can complain oh it doesn't have every game it doesn't have maybe some of these games that i owned on my wii u but you know they keep trickling new games in here and there um but yeah i just think it's it's obviously the strategy that they're going to take they want you to buy their their new shit right can you hack a ds like are those i wonder if oh those yeah are, i wonder if those are easily hackable because like they were very easily hackable because uh, the, the, the moment i bought one i had a guy at work trying to convince me to he was like i know how to jailbreak that i'll take it from you i'll bring it in tomorrow and i was like no i i, I pay for my video games i yeah. know that's crazy i'm not a scrub bitch okay <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah um <laughs> I think like, okay, so let's get back to like, what's our opinions on this? My opinion is yeah. I'm fine with it. I know it's a bummer for a lot of people, but what I will say is that like, I don't think they want to invest in like huge server farms to be able to keep these stores open forever. They're not Microsoft. Like I know Microsoft still has the Xbox 360 store open. Good for Microsoft. They're a, like $2 trillion company. Like they can afford to do that. These other gaming companies, I know Nintendo is big but they're not that big um mm -hmm. and i feel like i would be even more okay with it if they weren't such hard asses with piracy or, or like people mm. like fucking with like roms and shit like if you do like if you do any of that or like try to sell it or host on your website like you'll probably get a lot of times you'll get yeah. shut down um but they are I, I do think that's like probably their biggest problem right yeah. because it's not like these other companies don't have their games getting pirated too yeah but you never see like sega or like some other company just like taking people to court and going for the throat over pirating some old freaking genesis or master system game or something right yeah like it's it's not a real cut in your market like the people that are gonna buy switch online are gonna buy switch online and the people that are illegally emulating your games are probably mainly doing that to play some game that you don't even have on switch online yeah so how is them downloading an emulator and playing chrono trigger getting in the way if you don't have chrono trigger on your freaking platform yeah right and like then also there's they no don't other way for them to play that game yeah, and they're not heavy metal Jesus. They're not going to pay like $400 for the legit copy off eBay, right? And so, Nintendo doesn't make any more money if you do that anyway. Exactly. They already sold the game. They're not making that eBay cash. Yeah. What do they care, right? Exactly. Like, so yeah. I think like it, like to bring it back to the start of the podcast is they're pulling a Netflix where they're just like they're making piracy more like desirable. Like this is like mm. you're like, I'm not going to pay for that shit again. I'm just going to, okay, I'm just going to emulate your game and pirate it. I'm just going to, like, jailbreak my 2DS XL that I bought a couple of years ago that now the store shut down, and I'm just going to download all of the games for free. And I do want to say to the people, though, they are keeping the ability to download your purchase games. Like I was going to mention that as well. Available. Yeah. So they're, it's not like they're like completely shutting off the tap. There's just like they just mm -hmm. won't be offering new purchases on those stores. 
And there was tons of videos about this in the weeks leading up to it where lots of YouTubers were being like, hey, guys, these stores are going to shut down. So if there are some games you want to buy, go buy them now. Because, yeah, you don't lose the stuff that you did purchase, which I think is super important. So they gave everybody fair warning. You had your chance to buy the last games you cared about off those eShops. And I think you made a really good point that at the end of the day, like console generations do eventually move forward. You can't expect any company to keep that store going till the end of time. Yeah. Like even Microsoft, if they choose to run the Xbox 360 store until the end of the universe, cool, but they don't owe you that. Like no no company does, right? Because before the internet came along, nobody supported old hardware. There was no supporting old hardware. The PS2 came out. Nobody was worried about the PS1. It was yeah. like, no, we make shit for this now. And you give your PS1 to your little cousins and they play it now. And that yeah. was just what happened. Nobody just was like, my the PS1 LCD screen that connects to it is not compatible with the PS2. That's yeah. bullshit. You're like, no, man, that's old now. So that's what they did with old hardware they made a tiny version of it that was cheaper right so they would make like the ps1 slim and they would be like yeah this is for your little cousin and poor kids now and (laughs) if you actually oh you have a ps1 cool yeah exactly dude like it was like no now you get the new shit and that was what was up right like i remember when i asked for the ps1 my mom was like yeah if we give your super nintendo to your younger cousins And at the time, I wasn't like, no, I'm going to need that because in 20 years, I'll have this amazing nostalgia for this time of my life growing up playing Super Nintendo. No, man, I was a kid. So I was like, yeah, I'll cut my leg off if you get me a PlayStation. Yeah. You're like, I'm done with that. Like, I've I've played the shit out of Donkey Kong Country. I'm ready for Final Fantasy VII now. Like That was just it. That was just it. I yeah. was like, yeah, I want that Tomb Raider. I want to be a girl with big tits shooting wolves. That yeah. looks cool. I want those We're done with Mario. titties. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to this next subject, because like I keep forgetting about this concept. And Grand Turismo 7 reveals key difference between PS4 and PS5 versions. And what it amounts to is that the PS4 version, oddly enough, is going to be on two discs where the PS5 is only on one disc. Speaking and, of Final Fantasy VII, yeah, what oh is God. this, 1998? Yeah. More than one disc? Imagine that. Like you're, just like you're like in the middle of a race, and it's like, please insert disc two. And you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> well, like, I have so many questions. Like Because, yeah, when you, when you got things on multiple discs back in the day, like if you got Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy VIII or something for your PS1, you literally had to switch discs like mid-game. And it used to actually do this thing where you had to, like, without turning the PlayStation off, like, open the top and then take yeah. the one disc out, put the other one in and close it. And then it would pick up on the fact that you would switch discs. And so, like, but with a modern game, like, we've talked about this numerous times before where we're like, the disc is kind of just there to prove that you own the fucking game. And yeah. 90% of everything just gets downloaded anyway. So I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, two discs. Do you switch it halfway through the installation? Because that's the only thing I can think of. Like, if they're actually going to make you switch it mid-gameplay, like, that is so archaic for today's day and age, where most people might just buy the game digitally anyway. Yeah, no, I think it's just for DRM. So you'll have the two discs, which has the content on it, and it's for offline. So... Uh, cause I know you, you could probably just download everything once you ins- put in the first disc. If you're online, I I'm, this is pure speculation. Um, but if you're offline, not connected to the internet, like a lot of people 
claim still happens and we believe it. Um, you have the <laughs> big claim. Yeah. I, fake news. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. You're done. You have no internet. You're done. You can't you're even done. watch the hey, show because you're done. Okay. It's okay, though, because we have a product for you. Yeah. It's called the Xbox 360. Yeah. Boom. Um, <laughs> you're done. Uh, yeah. So, like, if you got no, if you're like some fucking scrub and you got no internet, I apologize <laughs> for people that have a hard time getting access to good internet. Uh, and you want to install Gran Turismo 7 on your PS4. Uh, you'll have two discs, and you'll install one and then the other, and then uh, you'll probably have to insert one of them to, for the DRM. Yeah, that makes sense to me, too. Like, I just, I can't imagine, like you said, like, you're, like, halfway through a tournament of races, <laughs> and you finish the third race, and it's like, please insert disc two to continue, like, literal flashbacks, yeah, you're like, Fuck, right? I was in second place, like... Oh, that I, like, people take... would revolt like people are so used to doing everything instantly from their couch in the modern age right that yeah you'd be like what the fuck do you mean i have to get up and touch the console in the middle of playing a game like get the fuck out of here yeah like you know what like i kind of like that pivots me into another topic of conversation like i when i was buying my ps5 i was all and we talked about this last week too but i was all set to be like all digital and it wasn't until I had that snafu with buying Ghost of Tsushima on PS4 and then upgrading into the PS5 version where I was like, yeah, that kind of sucks if you're not able to like quickly return things and mm -hmm. like buying the disc version is still something like, but there are a lot of drawbacks and I know these are first world problems, but like I hate yeah. hearing the fucking disc drive spin up and I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> Just shut up. And then I also hate like this process where you're like, and then you know, like take your disc. I out. like that process. And that's, I think, I one of the games, things. Like, like we talked about, like I buy Blu-rays still. I, uh, we both collect vinyl. There's something about opening the game and putting it in the console that like, it reminds me of my childhood. And so there's something there that I can actually enjoy that experience. Sometimes when I like, you know, like have a few games on a shelf and I pull one out and I look at the cover it and I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to play you now. I still kind of like that feeling. Um, and, and I definitely don't, don't tweak out about the, uh, the sound of the disc drive, but <laughs> I will say that the one thing that we touched on uh, last week with this, that, you know, because I argued, too, a lot about that. Like, I was like, well, yeah, the future is all digital. Like, who who the hell is buying physical games? And in the future, it's all going to be digital games. And, and what we touched on last week, though, right, is uh, that when you do that, you are at the mercy of one storefront. So yeah. if you're on the Series S, you only have the Microsoft store. If you buy the all-digital PS5, you are only buying games from the Sony store, and they are setting the price. Whereas with physical games, you can buy used copies, you can go on eBay, you can go on Facebook Marketplace, you can go to your GameStop, and they have used games. And so, yeah, there's just so much more competition for the price when you're buying physical games, right? Like, I picked up Mario Kart 8 Deluxe off of eBay for, like, half the price of buying it new. Yeah, and what's dope is, like, now that I'm finished with Ghost of Tsushima, like, I can just sell it. Like, even if I take, like, a $20 yeah. hit or a $10 hit, like, I'm still getting the majority of my money back, and then I can put that towards something else. And, um, yeah, I used to poo-poo on people that were, like, talking about that. And I was just like, like, in my opinion, though, like, if you're somebody who, 
like buys the new FIFA every year and you're going to buy it regardless. And it's like you buy it full pop anyway. It's just like, yeah, get a digital version of whatever console. And it's like you're going to buy that game and you're never going to return it. So who cares? And especially if you're one of those people that literally plays like one freaking game. Like if you're one of those people, you're like, yeah, I buy NBA 2K at launch every year Mm -hmm. and I just play like seven hours of 2K a day and that's my life. And I have a YouTube channel where I give people tips on how to be good at 2K. Yeah. Then, yeah. Just buy a digital edition. And, and you're just like, what do you do with the, the old one? Like, anyway. I, inst- I uninstall that shit and I forget it for my life. Like, I don't even. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, no. it's done. And it's just like <laughs> off my console. That's 100% man. And I watch multiple channels that are like that. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to listen to you when I want tips on 2K or NHL. Because unlike me, you just play this one game and have yeah. dedicated yourself to getting good at it. Right. So I really appreciate those people. But I could never be one of those people. Yeah. And I just like video games too much. I want to experience all these different fun things that are out there. Uh, but I respect those people that just like grind a game and get super good at it. Yeah. Sure. And yeah, like if you definitely want to be somebody that like tries a bunch of different games, then I definitely now see the the way more positive sides of like owning the physical copy. Because there's so much mm-hmm. you can do with it. Like you like you could sell it, you could trade with somebody um yeah it's just uh, and depending uh, on if you have one in your house or not a physical is also a 4k blu-ray player with both of these new consoles right yeah so if you if you do still possibly buy physical movies <laughs> then i would say that that's if another you reason have your legitimate version of dude where's my car on blu-ray you can still play- wrapped in the cellophane still, i still still wrapped you can play this on your next gen console uh, wow <laughs> wow um i also have my copy of dark souls for nintendo switch and i don't even have my switch anymore i gave it to my friend so <laughs> that's awesome why why did you get rid of your switch what I gave, it away for, I gave it away forever ago i think it was like what? 2019 and it had dust all over it Dude, and I, I thought you still had a switch what do i know about anything wow. i literally i bought it to play mario kart 8 with my friends as we as you do yeah yep. as we were going because we were on a work uh thing in california for like three months and then we were just like they were like oh we're gonna play mario kart 8 and i'm like i don't even have a switch but i don't i don't want to feel left out so i'll go buy one and then i just went and bought Nintendo <laughs> switch and then got Mario Kart, the Mario Kart 8 bundle, and then I also bought Dark Souls. And then I played the shit out of Mario Kart 8 with them. And then when the work trip ended, I got back and I played like 15 minutes of this. And I was like, the controls are fucking trash on the Switch for this. So I can't even play this. Well, you got to get a pro controller. If you're yeah. going to play a game like Dark Souls, you can't play that on the freaking yeah. Joy-Con. <laughs> well, no, I was like playing it like on the couch. And I was just like, yeah, no. I was like, this is shit. I've uh, tried to do that with like um like Fortnite as an example, like same thing. I'm like, yeah, I can play it on it like this. So if I was in a situation where I was on a business trip or something and this was the only way I had to play some Fortnite, then for sure I'd do it and I wouldn't just I would suffer through it. I would do the best I could. Do you but think I would it would make the that W's was... that much sweeter that you got them on your switch? Because like you're you're kind of yes. yourself. Because I I did uh, win a game on the Switch (laughs) once at my mom's house, and it felt so freaking good. And for the record, even every kill I get on the Switch, I'm, like, happier with myself. I'm like, yeah, I killed you, and I'm playing on the shitty controls. Because, like... The thing that drives me nuts with the Switch is, is the the right analog stick and the placement of it just feels a little unnatural for a game like that where you're supposed to be on the sticks the whole time. Yeah. Um, but on the Pro Controller, like, I would argue 
that the pro controller is is up there in the nicest controllers in the world like it, it is really nice and i remember i bought this thing and i was pissed off about the price of it because it's like 90 dollars plus canadian it's more expensive <laughs> than an xbox controller it's like and it's I, pretty gnarly yeah i think it's like 20 dollars or 30 dollars more canadian than getting the the new like series s controller series x controller and i was like what the fuck nintendo like why is this so expensive i opened it up and like the second i put my hands on it i was just like fuck that feels really good like it, it's everything about this controller does feel extremely premium like it it earns its name of being a pro controller it does feel very very high quality why do you have to click to see the price of it on amazon yeah it's 88.99 before tax apparently there's this thing too and i i forget exactly where it is but there's like this thing where if you press i think it's like up on one of the analog sticks and then you shine the light in a specific way on the controller through the plastic you can see it says like for all gamers for all time or something like written on the actual like inside of the controller they really did put a bunch of like extra love into this thing yeah Uh, I'll give them credit there. The only game like recently that I feel like I would be interested in playing is Metroid Dread. And maybe like I like Breath of the Wild always looked interesting to me, but I'm just like, it's great. I don't like I don't know if I got the willpower to to play through it, but I was really I I haven't played that much of it yet, but I've really enjoyed what I have played. And I'm excited for Breath of the Wild 2. I'm super excited for these new Mario Kart tracks. So I think the Switch has a lot going on right now. Mario Kart was amazing. Like I was just like, how much better can it look than like the the Wii version? And then when I played it, I was like, hey, this looks really good. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't. What frame rate does that play at? I think it's a lock 60 uh, in handheld as well, but I'd have to look it up. Yeah, There's, that's something I was surprised of. Like when I bought the switch, I was like, oh, everything's going to be 30 FPS. There's a bunch of games that run at 60 FPS on the switch. And there's even a bunch of games that run at 60 FPS in handheld mode on the switch. Um, so it's, it really depends what game you're talking about. Right. And so there's definitely some games that struggle to even hit a consistent 30. And then there's other games that are just like ripping 60 in handheld mode no problem right like some of those remasters the 360 games and stuff like that like yeah they can run super fluidly on the switches hardware yeah no it's lock 60 1080p docked and 720p uh handheld there you go and like that's honestly what i would rather because that screen pretty much is only like a 720p screen anyway so like the handheld one yeah right so i would much rather have a resolution drop than a frame rate drop i mean i'd rather that even on a monitor anyway i will always argue that frame rate is where it's at and so yeah especially with a racing title like that that makes me really happy to hear that they were smart enough to be like yeah we'll just downgrade the resolution a bit and like get it to still run at that 60 frames per second right because like yeah with the racing title that smoothness is going to be really noticeable You know what game I'm really waiting to come out on Switch is Metroid Prime 4. And then, like, Mm. I've heard rumors for so long. Like, when that first Metroid Prime 4 announcement was made, however many years ago that was now, that the Metroid Prime trilogy from uh, the Wii had already been, like, made to be put on the Switch. And they're just, like, waiting to release it to hype up Metroid Prime 4. So they're just sitting on this port of Metroid Prime trilogy and they're like 
Like it's done. We're there's... supposed to get a Metroid announcement later this year, apparently. And so there's a lot of rumor mills churning around being like, will it just be a sequel to Metroid Dread? Because that did really, really well. Uh, or will it be the long awaited uh, Prime 4? Or will it be like there's also been taught that they were just going to release those original trilogy remastered for the Switch, but as separate games? So, like, will we just get, like, Metroid Prime remastered and then, like, the next year get two remastered or whatever, right? Um, it's really interesting to know what they have in plan considering that they're saying the Switch could last another five years, which is yeah. insane. Well, like, they've already announced that it's going to be Metroid Prime 4. Like, they know that, like, they've announced that that's in development. But, yeah. like, I don't know how I'd feel about that if they just released them all separately and, like, delayed it. Like, that would be super lame. Yeah, but I that's a Nintendo. Know, like, that's a Nintendo move to do. Like, definitely, I'd 100%. be like, I'd be like, yeah, okay, well, that's that's is it, it would have been cooler if you like put it all in a bundle. Like, yeah, we know that, but <laughs> we want the we want the cash. Um, hundred percent, man. What are you like? What are your thoughts since getting a Switch? Like, do you find that you play the newer titles more? Or do you find that you're playing the older titles more? I think for me, it's like pretty much an even 50-50 split. Hmm. Um, definitely like for me that the Switch Online expansion pack getting added, the N64, the Genesis games was a huge part of what I bought the Switch for at all. I don't think I even would have bought on without them adding like N64 and Genesis to it. Um, but it's funny because, yeah, once it ended up in my hands... And I bought it being like, oh, I'll only ever play this old shit. Like, I'll never play the new shit. But then, like, <clears throat> you get it and you're like, oh, shit. Well, I guess I should play Breath of the Wild now. I have this thing. Like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll buy Mario Kart 8. Did you I have Breath of the Wild on your Wii U? No. And I bought my Wii U to play Breath of the Wild when they first announced it. When they showed, like, the first trailer for it yeah. E3 or Nintendo Direct or whatever it was. I went out and bought the Wii U, and that was one of the games that helped sell me that console. Um, and, yeah, I was really pissed off, because for a long time, the Wii U was the only console I owned, and I was in a position financially at the time where I could only really have one gaming platform. Yeah. So when they eventually announced, they were like, oh, we're still going to release it for Wii U, but we're going to release it on our new platform at the same time. Uh, I got really mad because I was like, well, you're clearly just going to concentrate on the Switch version of it now. And I feel like we're just going to get like the second class citizen version of this game <laughs> Yeah, you that I version. bought this console to play. So, yeah, I was I was pretty pissed off about that. <clears throat> it's funny because in retrospect, like the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild is supposed to be like pretty good and not really that different. So I definitely could have just freaking kept my Wii U around and played that game. But here we are. I'm playing it now, and I am really enjoying it. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've sunk some time into some other, you know, like, newer titles on that uh, console as well, and I'm really enjoying it. I was I'm glad I added it to the li library. I was really close to buying um, a Switch OLED because my buddy was, like, pre-ordering them, and he was like, you want me to get you one? And I was like, Arr. And I was like, I am a gaming channel now. Maybe it was yeah, I almost pre-ordered to one too. And then when you were like, dude, I just like, I have all these other things to play. Like, I'm not gonna like buy the OLED version for the no times that I go out and play it when I'm just gonna be mm -hmm. playing it at home and in docked version or like whatever. And I was just like, yeah. yeah, smart. And I was like, should I just like get another like get another regular Switch? Um, it might happen, but. 
They went down in price a little bit when the OLED came out too. So I was left in a position oh, where I, I was like, find one cheaper on eBay. Oh, that too. If I went online, I definitely could have got one cheaper. But I'm saying even brand new, it's about 70 Canadian shekels less to buy the normal switch versus the OLED. And so that was the question to me is like, is it worth 70 extra dollars for a better screen when I pretty much only ever play it docked? And like, you know, once a year, maybe I'll take a trip and take the switch with me. But it's going to be such a rarity that I was like, <laughs> why am I paying this extra $70 for that little bit of improvement in my on the go experience when I barely play the thing on the go? Just for the fear of the shame of like someone walking by you be like, is that a non OLED switch? You fucking right? piece of shit. And you're like, I had one guy like in the comments on my video because I, I, I argued this in one of my videos and I was like, yeah, I think if you're like me, like a, a really savvy move might be to just go buy the old switch now because it's gone down in price a little bit and if you are going to play it at home all the time and this guy was like you're such an idiot i can't <laughs> believe that you would buy the switch now when the new one's coming out and not buy the one with the best screen possible you call yourself a gamer you're <laughs> you call it fucking you're hang up your gamer card jay retro you're fucking you're, done. you're yeah you're done you're canceled you're done, you're done. <laughs> Bought the Switch V2 instead of the V3. You're done. You're yeah. You're done. I don't want to hear anything that you say. No comment will redeem you, dude. I'm not finding. I'm like all I see is Switch lights uh, on eBay right now. But I am sorted by uh, cheapest plus uh, shipping. Oh no, here's a couple of switches. Yeah, you could find like that's the thing though. You got to find that that sweet spot where it's just like it's cheap enough where it's worth it to buy it used off of eBay versus it's like only thirty dollars less. And you're like, I'd rather have a new one. That's like, what I found, right? Because I actually almost bought one on Facebook Marketplace when I did buy my Switch. Yeah, and that was the difference maker for me is that I was like, once it went down that little bit extra in price because of the OLED coming out, so it dropped to like three eighty anyways. Most of the people selling them on Facebook Marketplace were asking like three fifty, so that was exactly it. I was like, well, I'm only saving like thirty dollars Canadian, which is like I don't know a cup of coffee in America, so I might as well just freaking buy the brand new one, right? And so, so you could buy a Switch with no Joy Cons <clears throat> and no dock, so just like the tablet, which like, is so weird. Yeah, I like, see that a lot. You know what? Like, if you upgraded to the OLED version, why wouldn't you keep your Joy Cons? But like, why would why would you keep your dock? Like, that's weird. Like, that's I don't get it. Yeah, I see this quite a bit where there's or they'll sell like I think what they'll do is they just break it up and sell it all as separate components. Because I've also people set, seen people they're like they're just selling a dock. Like it's so weird. This seems to be an eBay strategy specifically because on Facebook Marketplace you're always just going to find a full switch for sale. And but something know, about eBay. They're selling Switch components a lot of the time. You no, know I'm not gonna lie. Odd. Like I would almost just buy a Switch because I'm never gonna play that thing portable. And then I don't know. That might. Well, be yeah, you could buy the dock and the tablet, and then go buy the Pro controller and save yourself some money on the Joy Cons. That yeah, like well, even if you're never like, gonna use, I guess. Yeah, the non OLED version is three seventy nine, and then I'm paying two hundred dollars for just like the tablet. <clears throat> How much is a dock? Yeah. You know what? While I'm looking that up, I do want to bring up something that kind of tied into one of the earlier topics. And I know I sure. bring it up every single week. And all of you are probably tired of hearing me bring this some version of this topic up in every podcast. But 
Elden Ring has been found out, the PC version has stuttering issues, straight up. Frame stuttering issues in the PC version. So you're done. <laughs> you're you're done. You're done. Um Nintendo Switch dock. Trump software done. Folded it, out of the marketplace. Stuttering issues on PC. Unacceptable. And I am fully a from software uh fanboy. I'll admit that. There's no denying that. And I know oh, I defend like everything that they do. I'm not condoning this, so I'm not condoning. I think that sucks. That is not good for your new game to have frame stuttering issues at launch on PC. And I think that is super shitty for all the people that are purchasing this game on PC. And I know that's probably a huge bummer to hear. That being said, this is version 1.0 of the game. And this is the Gold Master version that was submitted in December. And they've been working on their day one patch since December. I am more than confident that they are aware of the stuttering issue and they've been working on a fix for the last couple of months. And the day one patch will more than likely be resolved. If it's not fully resolved, like they're like, they're not, it's not like they did it and they're like, okay, we're done with that shit now. Like it's, it'll be like three days or a week later or two weeks later, but they will fix it. How long was it when like, because we talked about Final Fantasy VII Remake having PC uh, frame stuttering issues. But I feel like it wasn't even that long like after the podcast that we fucking had that someone was like, oh, yeah, you just do this. And then it fixes it. Yeah, it was within like a week. Someone figured out like a workaround. And I think they did do some patching as well. Um, and didn't you so tell yeah, me there was I, like some NVIDIA drivers, too, that came out specifically for it? Oh, the, in, yeah, the GeForce is always updating its drivers like every time a new game comes out. Right. So that's just constant. But I do believe that they went in, they did some some patching. And like we've talked about so many times, like this is just this is modern gaming. Games are huge. They they cost five hundred million dollars to Fuck. make and involve, you know, hundreds of people working on this project simultaneously from all different angles. It's just a really different world than when they were designing Super Mario World. Uh, and yeah, I think it's, I'm glad that you brought up Elden Ring at least once during this podcast. Cause I did, uh, want to get to mention to you this really funny thing that happened to me this week okay. where <clears throat> one of my best friends who I play Xbox with, uh, quite a bit was like, yeah, there's this one new game that, uh, me and Andrew were looking at. We think it's really cool. Have you heard of Elden Ring? Maybe we should buy Elden Ring. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've heard a little bit about it. <laughs> You're a friend like, of mine. I, unfortunately the bro that I do a podcast with never fucking shuts up about it. And <laughs> he told me when we started this thing that we would have new, interesting topics to talk about every week, but he just brings up the same old shit. Uh, yeah. I've heard of Elden ring. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so like, anyways, I don't play games with those guys anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking for some new people to play games with. I would have liked it more. That story. If like they called it elder rings, like Brendan. Yes. <laughs> it was like, what the fuck did you just call it? He's like, El- Elder Ring? It's Elder Ring, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> we're, we're playing this game. I think it's called like Elven uh, <laughs> Elven Chain. Is it some, something still, Elven Bracelet? I think about you every time when they're like, there's like a new story trailer and they're like going over the lore. And I'm just like, if my eyes are, I was like, this is just, this is Lord of the Rings. This is so Lord of the Rings. It like, 
Dude, like you would you would fucking howl. I should show you this one trailer clip and it's straight up like Aragon and Gimli and Legolas like when they're running across the plains yeah. chasing the Orokai. There's like <laughs> like a take for take. Like I'm just like that's the same shit. <laughs> that's, I've I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Um you know it's funny. I was watching the trailer for the new cuz Amazon has a new show coming that's going to be like a prequel to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, right? Yeah. Um, and so I was watching the trailer for that and it was funny because like halfway through I forgot that I wasn't watching another trailer for Elden Ring because I was just <laughs> like oh yeah this yeah. game looks sick and then it ended and it was like the rings of power and I was like oh right yeah oh right Lord of the Rings <laughs> yeah right Tolkien yeah. right did you watch that is it Wheel of Time that's on Amazon I it's funny you brought that up I just watched the second episode like what two are your nights thoughts? ago well, I watched, I read the books for the record. I okay. have the first, not all of them. There's like 12 books in the series. And okay. I think I read the first three or four, yeah, which got, are like, who more, got time for that? 12 bucks. They're You're like done. 700 page books. You're it's done. like, they're <laughs> like Lord of the Rings thick, but yeah. there's like 12 or 13 of them. It's fantastic series though. And before Martin came along with freaking Game of Thrones, Wheel of Time was sort of universally recognized as like the closest that had come to a second Lord of the Rings, basically. Yeah. Very beloved fantasy series and so i loved the first three novels in that series when i was about 13 and so i definitely like when i saw that they'd made it into a show or even heard that amazon was making it into a big budget tv show i was hype as fuck i watched the first episode and i for whatever reason i was like yeah that was good and it was cool but it, i don't know like it wasn't really holding my attention I was doing that thing mm. where, like, you catch yourself on your phone and stuff. I don't know. If, like, you're this watching, wasn't in you're the watching something else on your phone while it's on. Yeah, you got, like, yeah. a YouTube video on. I don't know. I was just, like, it's not hooking me. And it, so I didn't know whether it was the show or it was me or I, the headspace I was in. And I left it for a while. And then somebody else was talking about it online or something the other day. And I was like, yeah, I really should give that show another shot. So I went and I watched the second episode. And I was, like, glued to the screen the entire second episode. Episode. Okay, that's I good. really feel like the second episode is when things kind of popped off. But it's funny that you mention it because like the Wheel of Time also savagely rips off Lord of the Rings, especially in the beginnings. And it's just like this is just it's such an iconic fantasy novel. It's hard not to. But like there's the, the beginning, like the party kind of gets assembled and then they're running away from these like they're not orcs. They're called like trollops or something. And yeah. like they're 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 fucking orcs. And then there's these faceless white dudes that have dark hoods. And you're like, yeah, those are the Nazgul. Like those are ring yeah. wraiths, clearly. And there's this scene that is like freaking note for note, the Buckleberry fairy scene. You yeah. know, where like the ring wraiths are chasing them and then they get to the ferry and they get to the other side and they cut the rope so that the ring wraith can't come across the water or whatever. It's literally that scene. Like, it's like <laughs> so the same. And I was like, man, I remember reading this and thinking it was so the same, but seeing it on screen just hammered home even more how much you were like, yeah, you can't even pretend that this isn't note for note ripping off shit from Lord of the Rings. And you know who cared? No one. Because yeah. it was good. It was a good ripoff. So I would say that, like, Elden Ring, go for it. Totally. It's, 
Narnia and Lord of the Rings are the two oldest, most iconic pieces of high fantasy, and they were written by two best friends that were talking to each other while they wrote the two of them, and they're damn near impossible to not rip off. The entire genre of high fantasy is essentially just a rip off of those two series. Exactly. I was just going to say, like, it becomes the case where it's just like, when you have a story that's that iconic, and it's like, it's in that world... Anything that you base in that kind of high fantasy world is going to get compared to that regardless. So if you're going to do that, you might as well like rip off or like steal as much shit as you can and just do it well. And then hit the nostalgia points, make the story good, make the characters engaging. And yeah, you're gonna have a banger. I'm really to, I'm really happy to hear that. You said like, it's better if in the second episode, I think I should try it out. I think I should watch it. Give it a watch. Like, definitely, if the first episode is dragging a little bit, have faith that the second one gets really good. Uh, and I think, yeah, the series definitely has has some serious potential. So I'm excited to watch the rest of it now. And, like, the budget is huge. It's I definitely wonder... one of those shows where, as you're watching it, you're like, this looks as good as anything coming out in theaters. Like, as far as the production and the special effects and the sets and stuff, like, it really does have that, like, Lord of the Rings-esque budget to it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And I think that's essential when you're making, like, high fantasy. Because, like, we grew up in, like, the 90s and stuff where, like, every fantasy TV show that was on TV was, like, Xena or Hercules. Hercules, yeah. Right? Where you can tell it was made on, like, a very shoestring budget, right? So yeah, I think it's cool to see high Even fantasy, the fantasy done movies justice. of the time before Lord of the Rings. Like they were all trash. Like Conan Death the Barbarian. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that was awesome. Like Conan the Barbarian. Like yeah, it's iconic because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and it's hilarious. But you watch it back, you're like, this movie. This movie's like dog oh shit. yeah, and those are low budget movies. Like I would argue that the first Conan the Barbarian is actually kind of a good movie in a lot of ways, but Conan the Destroyer is terrible. The second one, <laughs> yeah, and like I love it to this day, and yeah. I loved it as a kid, and I always watch both of them when I go back and watch it because I'm like I can't just watch the good first one. I have to watch the terrible second one. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like yeah, I enjoy it out of nostalgia, and I enjoy it because. It is good bad yeah. but it's definitely not good good whereas i would argue like the first movie although it's a product of its time and you can still definitely tell that the special effects and the budget yeah don't compare to something like lord of the rings absolutely that i yeah. i still think it has a lot of actual soul to it and like tells a good engaging story whereas the second one is it's a comic book movie it's a popcorn soda arnold schwarzenegger action flick i right? would love there's, to there's be nothing able wrong with that i would love to be able to watch the first one without the nostalgia eyes because i for me i'm the same like i grew up with that movie and Mm -hmm. i was like awesome like it's so cool um one thing that i do want to talk about before we get ready to wrap this up is last week we challenged you to play a couple of games i don't know if you're able to do both because like we're both adults and we have busy lives but i know for a fact you played the upgraded patch for cyberpunk how was your experience with that so I admit I failed in one of my quests, which was to play some of Crossfire X, which had a, apparently has a bit of a rocky launch as well. I do still intend to play that game. I might not be able to weigh in as much on the bugs because who knows? Maybe they will have yeah, fixed half fixed of them or more then, by yeah. the time I get there. But I do want to weigh in on just what I think of that game because uh, I, I am shooter, very yeah. curious to play it. Yeah, because I love shooters. So I'm 
Still going to play some Crossfire X and bring you my review. Cyberpunk. Played through a couple more hours since the patch. I love everything they've done. The mm-hmm. main thing that really got me, because there's a lot of talk about, you know, some graphical updates, some fixing of glitches and this and that. And something that I didn't see them talk about much. And like, I found it eventually once I started reading further into the notes. But one of the things that really gripped me was just, I was like, combat feels better. Like okay. when I got into a, a really good firefight, I was like, yeah, everything about this just feels that little bit smoother, that little bit more balanced, that little bit more like I'm playing an actual first person shooter. Like yeah. even though Cyberpunk is an RPG, um, I always argue that the Fallout games, what kills them for me is that I just feel like I'm playing Skyrim with guns, yeah. which you literally are. And the the shooter mechanics in those games are really, really rocky, which yeah. is why they have that like timed hit system, I think, to kind of cover that up a little bit. But like if you just judged the Fallout games as shooters, they're terrible they're (laughs) they're they're good rpgs like i'm not gonna sit here and trash the fallout series i think they're really good open world rpgs that just happen to have really awful third person or first person shooter mechanics um and so for me like i really like stuff like mass effect where they they hit the rpg elements well but the shooter mechanics are like as good as any pure shooter game that you're gonna go play yeah and i think like cyberpunk is now pretty much up there with mass effect for me for having that experience where i'm like yeah i'm getting my open world rpg jollies off but if i just played this and i just purely compared it as just a first person shooter to other shooters i'm like yeah this is a good shooter now even if you just viewed it as a shooter um and yeah, like definitely the character customization and stuff is fun. I gave my guy some piercings, you know, I Dope. messed around with my hair. Absolutely. Um, you know, one thing that that struck me though, because I was like, okay, extra character customization. <laughs> All right. Maybe somebody out there can tell me this. And maybe someone who watches this video can let me know. Is there no way to edit your character's genitals? after the initial character creation because when cyberpunk came out there was a lot of to do about the fact that you could pick your genitalia yeah and you could even adjust things like whether or not you were circumcised or how long your member was and i can't imagine that this would have any effect on gameplay whatsoever but there are some scenes that involve nudity and whatnot so you probably would have seen yourself exposed in certain scenes and there is a feature in the new patch, where there's now been multiple articles made about this, I love that this was a big enough deal to people that they made multiple articles. Some of your love interests in the game will send you nudes. They'll send you nudes on the phone. And I was like, well, can I send them nudes? That was the first thing that occurred to me. I was like, can I send unsolicited cyberpunk dick pics to like random characters? And then will they get like mad at me if I do? I was so curious. And I went to my mirror to customize my guy. And I realized that when I created my character in cyberpunk, I never chose those options like during initial character creation i think they were just so far down the list that i like skipped past it i was like oh yeah hair blue this and that i don't need to adjust all this shit right now i just want to play the fucking game so i jumped in and now i think i've realized that if you do that like your characters never knew the whole game now so like when i go to edit my guy in the mirror he has boxers on like permanently <laughs> and when i go down to those options they're all grayed out i think i like un- like unintentionally censored my game 
basically by not Bullshit. selecting not selecting my entirely real world accurate massive penis and so <laughs> hey submit a ticket and then maybe that'll be fixed in 1.6 or 2.0 yeah i'm gonna I'm do it i'm gonna be like guys you know just like you know it's a cyber kinetic uh you know world too like shouldn't he be able to just go buy a new dick like that's what i don't yeah. get why not? I get robot eyeballs put in, but yeah. I can't adjust my penis size after the start of the buy game. Buy a new dick. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. 100%. I, I find that hilarious, but like also it's like it's I know to like boomers and like even like elder millennials, like they're gonna be like or Gen Xers, like they're gonna be like, what the fuck? But like that's the dude. World. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, you know, like, like I, I was... laughed and I was like, "Who cares?" Like, why would you pick that? But now, like, the more I realize it, especially with like the current times, we're all stuck inside. So yeah, like you're gonna be sending your your digital love interest digital mockups of uh your your bits and bolts, and it's like. Good for you. Good for you. I think it's one of those things where curiosity kills the cat because like you come out and you're like, hey, you can edit your genitals in this game. And even if my first reaction is that's so fucking dumb, you know that once you put the game in my hands, I'm going to be like, "Okay, show me this shit. Yeah, you know, like you, because it's just a curiosity because it's never been in a video game before. Like you can't help it. You're like, okay, I got to see this weird ass shit. Yeah. My favorite is when the geometry of your genitals would clip through your clothing and like in like the the early versions of the game. So like your massive like horse dong would just like poke out of your pants and it's like awesome. So they're, they're like it has no effect on gameplay except when it accidentally clips through your pants. Yeah. Just like real life. That's you know, sometimes yeah. you just expose remember accidentally in social situations. All joking large. aside, I think that's awesome that the game is finally like kind of in its like true form. It's um, it's great. Yeah. I all, all jokes about genitalia aside. My yeah. end review of the new patch is that like, yeah, the game's it's in a fantastic state. Um whether you want to be mad at at CDA Project Red for the the state they released it in, and I still think many people, especially if you're maybe a PS4 owner, have justifiable reason to be angry at the state it originally released in. But I think if you buy the game now, if you play the game now, and you play it on one of the newer consoles or on a decent uh, mid to upper range gaming PC, it's probably one of the best experiences going on in gaming right now. It's fantastic. Right. And then. I, I do want to uh, briefly touch on this. this is a topic that we talked about before, but I've been seeing a lot of tweets about this and I know we're working on it. We had a guest last week. We're working on getting some variety of guests, but like, Hey, we're a small podcast. There's it's like, Hey, do you want to be on a podcast to 20 something subs? And it's like, no. Okay. Understandable. <laughs> but um, there have been a lot of people talking about like how great the, what's the word I want to use? Like, especially in Horizon Forbidden West, like just the representation, like how great the representation Mm. is with the variety of different ethnic backgrounds of the main of like a lot of the main characters are in that game and how it is just it it is genuinely getting better. Mm. And I think it's not just like a trope. Sometimes it is a trope, but like now they're actually putting some real investment in and making these like really good engaging characters. And I think that's really important. I think that's really cool to see because I think it's something that like individuals like you and myself 
had taken that for granted because like we've always kind of been represented um, in most cases. And I just forget how good that feeling is when you really connect with your main protagonist in a game. And just like how great that feels when you're just like, I really, I've never had a moment where I've been like, Oh good. I can make him a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not on camera. Never happened. At least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Never, never happened. You know, like, it's well, yeah, it's just, that is, it's assumed, right? Like, yeah. it's like, if there's going to be any option in your character creation, it's going to be basic white guy with basic white guy haircut. Yeah. Right? It's super easy for us to make a character that we can see ourselves in, you know? I'm like, yeah, he's uh, roughly six feet tall. He's got dark to brown hair. Sure, he's me. You know, it's super easy. So That's my favorite. It's just like, like <clears throat> generic default white guy. <laughs> like, that's my, that's my jam. Like, my favorite one is like the Dark Souls 2 one. Dark Souls 2 character creator. It is it's a joke like, that that's what I look like. Like I've had multiple girlfriends be like, "You're handsome," and I'm like, "No, I'm not. I look like the beginning of character creation." Uh, you're like, "I'm the base." Like, yeah, that's... I literally look like some guy. Like that's I have zero identifiable factors until I put clothes on. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Default male character. Why you gotta do me dirty, YouTube? Like or uh, Google? <laughs> okay, this is like on Google image search. Figure your shit out. <clears throat> I really hate when I click on things. Yeah, like second one in there. That's me. <laughs> it's like right here. It's like yeah, okay, yeah. close enough. Yeah, well, the one just to the left of it with the dark hair. I'm like, yeah, that's 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 your boy, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's your boy right there. Boom, hundred percent. It's like I open the character editor and I'm like, yeah, you uh, you got it already. That's uh, that's fine. Next. Are you a person that likes to spend a lot of time in the character creator or do you like to just like get with the game? I typically like to get into the game a little bit faster, which I yeah. think is evidenced by my lack of customized genitalia in Cyberpunk. How I really missed out on putting that huge yeah. horse dong on my character. Just really, really missed out. And it's funny, like, now, and I think that this also says something about me, because I think a lot of gamers, I'm not very far into the game. I'm, like, four or five hours, six hours into the game. I think a lot of people might, at that point, be like, I'm going back to character creation. I'll replay the intro of the game. I was like, nah, I'm invested. Yeah, if I can't edit it, I can't edit it. I don't give a shit. It's not something that's really going to affect the game to me, right? And like maybe I'll play it again some some second playthrough and edit it that time, but I'm not going to concern myself with it. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't you know. were watching me play Ghost of Tsushima, and like if I had to replay that again and not be able to skip those cutscenes, I would rather eat curb. Like I just like there's no mm -hmm. way I could sit through all of that again. Um, I used I, to argue this even like in Oblivion, right? Yeah. Like when I first played through Oblivion, I would go through the character creation and I would be like, who the fuck is spending the time editing things like the width of their eyebrows? Yeah, like, there's just so many specific little things you can tweak. And I was like, no, I go through face presets until I find one that looks decent. <laughs> and then maybe I change their eye color or their hair color. Maybe I change their height or weight or like whether they have an athletic or a fat guy body type or like basic things like that. But I never tweak like specifics about faces and stuff in editors. I'm always just like, yep, preset. He'll have dark hair. Sure. Let's go play the fucking game. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I'm pretty similar. Like I'll like I'll spend like maybe 10 minutes max. And it's just like, yeah, 
It's just like, all right, let's put a stupid ass mohawk on him. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Let's move on. But like, I'll watch some yeah. people's let's plays, and like, the first hour is them like in the character creator, and I'm just like, I can't do that. That's like, too I much. bought a new game. I'm all excited to play it. Right? I'm like, no, I want to see the world. I want to shoot a guy. I want to do some stuff. I don't want to spend my first hour with a game in creative mode. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I can't do it. Um. Yeah, yeah I'm brutal. I'm really glad that I finished Ghost of Tsushima. I did it in 22 hours, which I, well, apparently is short. But I I only ha- I had it on medium because I wanted to get through it quicker. I didn't yeah. put it on in, insane hard because I just like I was like no, I want to just you have to make it. excuses to me, man. I play everything on medium. <laughs> yeah, like I was like I fuck this game. I'm just like I just want to get to the end. And now your boy is gonna be playing Elden Ring in like a day and. Mm-hmm. I like that game is going to be my life for like the foreseeable future. And it's like, it's going to be gnarly. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm freaking hype for you. I'm excited for you. It's going to be a fun week. Uh, where can the good people find you? J retro. They can find me these days at youtube.com slash J retro. I have a new video up relatively new last couple of days on every game coming on the upcoming Taito Egret two mini coming from Japan. So check that out. Don't and you spoil can also it, find but tell me. us right now what are your quick thoughts on that console, on that mini console. Give us a little um, teaser, little taste. Okay. So first off, one of the interesting things about the Egret 2 Mini is it does have a screen that rotates. So it'll have a horizontal screen orientation for some games, but you can turn it into a vertical one for like a lot of the top-down shooters. Oh. And I think that's pretty cool because like Sega is selling us a whole second system just to have a vertical screen orientation, right? Like they're selling us now a second Astro City Mini with a vertical screen. And I'm such a sucker that I'll probably buy a whole second one. But I think Taito did a cool thing by making it all in one unit i think about the first third of games on this system don't interest me very much because they're quite old there's a lot of stuff here that is from sort of that space invaders uh asteroids kind of era of games but then it it covers quite a wide gamut so it also gets into more of that 16-bit kind of street fighter 2 era of games that we would have grown up with more so i think it's it's an interesting lineup for sure Probably the most intriguing thing about this unit to me, though, which I touch on a little bit in the video, is that it does have an SD card slot, which definitely opens up the concept that this thing will probably get hacked really early Hired on. It. You're yeah. done. No, I, <laughs> yeah. You're done, Tyler. Yeah. Well, I think if, if this thing gets, and I think it will, I think if they figure out early on how we can load our own ROMs onto this thing, which we clearly have as legal backups of games that we paid for. Duh. Um, But I think, yeah, if you can load your own games onto this thing, it suddenly becomes like one of the most valuable of these mini consoles ever released. Cause that's sick. Like a little arcade machine that you could just like, if I can freaking put the X-Men arcade game on this thing, I'll spend $7,000 on it. That's that's awesome. Cool. Well, (laughs) make make sure you check out J retro channel, give them a sub and then check out that video. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, man. it's it's getting it's getting mad views right now. So definitely, he's got some good stuff that he talks about uh, with those mini consoles. Because look 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 at his fucking background right now. Like the dude has a couple of them. So I think he knows I like what he's them. talking about. <laughs> I like them. I like them. 
I like them. They're um, all right. They're all right by me. Where can the people find you these days? We Jimmy? didn't get through all your places. Where else can they find? Oh, you? do I more? Oh, yeah, they can find me down here uh, at jfree eighty six down there below. That's all the various social medias: uh, the Twitter, the Instagram, the TikTok. They're all at jfree eighty six, and I'm on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv. Uh, slash J underscore retro 86, where I've been doing some streaming again lately, playing some Halo Infinite. So uh, come hang out. It's mainly weekends so far. It's hard for me to pin down a schedule yet. I'm working on it. Yeah. Want to pin down a schedule. I just started jamming with that band last night. So hopefully we can nail down like a consistent schedule of what nights we jam on. And then I can work the stream schedule in there. But I want to tell everybody that I did drop by J retro stream and it was lit AF. Uh, go there, especially if you like Halo, because he's got some. He's always got six strats he's pulling off in Halo Infinite. Um, and I copied a few of them when I was playing Halo Infinite. But definitely go share the stream and get that follow number up from. Uh, and then yeah, obviously follow J Retro on social media. Do it up, do it up. <laughs> I appreciate that, Jimmy. Where can the people follow you, find you, watch your content? Tell uh, us about it. Thank you, bro. Uh, thanks. Uh, you can find me at youtube.com for slash Fornitron. Um, I'm doing, uh, like I've mentioned previously, a lot of Elden Ring content. So if you are everything Souls or everything Elden Ring, um, go check out my channel. I just released a video uh, last night about uh, Elden Ring PC version is broken. Uh, or is it? Uh, some sick clickbait there. Um, but I will announce now... Um, I will be making a lot of videos on Elden Ring. So I'm going to be making, uh, I'm going to be doing my first Let's Play. I don't usually do Let's Plays. And this is going to be a new experience for me because I usually just go in my little hobbit hole and play the new game and like shut off the world and just completely experience it for myself. So yeah. it'll be weird doing this on camera for the first time. Um, Jay Retro does it like a pro. So I'm going to be taking notes from him because he's playing through Halo Infinite for the first time while on stream. Uh, I'm going to be doing them in about one hour increments, and I'm also going to simultaneously release two videos uh, each like three times a week. So it'll be the same nice. video, but one will be without my head cam or commentary. So it'll be co no commentary gameplay because I know people okay. people will like that. I'm also going to release like uh, really condensed highlights for the people who don't have an hour to sit and watch a YouTube video. And then I'll also be doing like boss guys. So we have a lot of Elden Ring content. So it's going to be really, really, really busy. Also, I am streaming on YouTube on weekends and maybe sometimes during the week. And those are just more chilled, laid back. I'm playing whatever game. Most likely it's going to be like a Souls-like or Elden Ring or I'm doing like a meme run or something. Other than that, follow cool, me man. on Instagram and Twitter at Forntron. And that's that's what's up. I should mention as well, I dropped by Fornitron's stream the other day when he was playing Ghost of Tsushima, and although he was not having the best of times, <laughs> I had a great time hanging out in his stream. It was lit. It was fun times. And uh, hey, at least somebody was there to appreciate those cutscenes. Yeah. And Jay Retro <laughs> was mad helping me out with a lot of the game mechanics. He was like looking up stuff for me, because I was like, how the fuck do you do blank again? And then 
he was like, yo, bro, you just do this. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. I was like, I, I love that I'm giving you advice on how to play a PS5 game right now. So yeah. That doesn't own a PS5. But yeah, like, it's like, you're in the middle of the fight. You're in the middle of gameplay. It's easy for me to just Google the shit. I always try to do that when I'm watching people's streams. If they're like, how the fuck do I get past this? Like, oh, yeah, I, I, I want a backseat game, but I don't want to watch my friend be frustrated. Either. I specifically wait for you to be like, chat, can someone look this up? And then because you do that sometimes and I'm like, all right, I'm all, I got you, bro. And like, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll Google it for you. Um, but yeah, that's it for tonight. We will see you next week. Uh, do you have anything else, uh, G Retro, before we wrap this up? Nah, man, I think that's about all I got right now. Guys, have a great week. Play some video games and uh, call your mom. Give your mom a call. She call, misses you. Call your mom, people. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end it there. All right. Call your mom. Bye, mom. <laughs> yeah.